episode 96 and it is me Gary P and of course the Prof Carmody hello um, a little bit of a difference today Prof we are not in the the humble surroundings of Johnny Blues where are we Gary? we are in the Four Provinces pub in Crumlin and uh, we're working on a little bit of a deal so we have potential announcement coming up soon enough so uh, stay tuned for that one but the Four Provinces check them out they're at the end of Captain's Road at the end you could say near enough to the KCR house but it's a cracker of a little pub you let your dog in, your dog can have a, a drink, you can have a pint. All the stuff is brewed locally and we are drinking pints of puddle at the minute and it's absolutely fantastic. What's the dog drinking? The dog the dog can have an L, an L point of, of, of the, um, a point of playing. But uh, yeah, the puddle, the puddle is, it's connected with Rovers as well you could say because the puddle runs through Milltown. And that's something that a Hoops fan pointed out to me there recently is that it makes so much sense. So you have Points of Puddle, Rovers Podcast, and what more would you want? So they are open on most days and they have live music, they have trad sessions, they speak Irish. You can bring your dog, you can do what you want. It's a great shop. So check them out, the Four Provinces Pub in Crumlin. And uh, so we have three games to review today. We've done that, Pats and Sligo. Double dose of Quifty's questions from the East Ham with Sean Boyd and Sean Cavan. Sean Callum versus Dylan Watts. And to help preview our trip to Norway, we have an interview with the editor of the Brands Fanzine. And uh, Prof, do you want to take this one? Yert. Moldestad. <laughs> ah, so the Prof has been Norwegian in the Arsenal. <laughs> I've been brushing up as well. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit tough. I'm not sure what their... Uh, which way to pronounce not only we have fodders and you'd have the Germans have umlauts mm. I'm not sure how to pronounce those also ones, I never knew what's going on the way they mash their A's and their E's together like oh they're going to Solskjaer yeah like yeah. what's going on there I think two days I don't think we need to know mm. for two days of madness over there so possibly some links to this uh, this fanzine already Gar because uh, it's called the 12th man or for oh. short D12M D12 Gar D12 yeah mm. so there's definitely some Something going on there. Straight out of Crumlin. Straight out of Crumlin. So we have to apologise for the delay with the show. We wanted to give you a bumper pack show for travelling to Norway and uh, you'll have plenty to listen to on the way over. So Yeah, we've been forced to have a couple of gap weeks because we need our 100 show to land on a specific date. So we chose to do it this week and early August. So that'll explain that one. And uh, by the way, Gar, you won't be aware of this, but I have carefully selected my special, go- my special guest hosts 
Oh, the two weeks from, that you're from me when I'm off, I'm off yep. on my holiday next week, yeah. Yeah. So they've been procured already. Yeah, well, that'll be a surprise now. Um, yeah, so some feedback to our last show of Peter Eccles and Tommy Tommy. Tommy was great, wasn't he? Such a contrast between the voices, wasn't there? Peter was and Tommy's the baritone. Yeah. Tommy stole the show. Yeah, Double T. Absolutely stole the show. Yeah, and uh, he had a couple of barbs for some Rovers fans as well, which went down a tree. <laughs> Mick Conroy, my favourite ever player to play for Rovers. No fucking messing. So this guy was like... He goes under the radar, doesn't he? As regards to being a Rovers legend. Not many people talk about him. So, with Jason Maloney, fair play to Tommy. He'd have given Jules a run for his money with some of the stuff he remembered there. Very enjoyable episode. That was probably the most common reaction that people were blown away by his memory. But the stuff he could recall from 25 years ago. Just don't ask him about military history. So, we've just amazing again. Great listening, great memories. Tommy was superb. As for Pedro, the man is a Rovers legend. End of. I had table number five at my wedding named after him. So good old Pedro. And Mark Lynch said, Well done, TT. Have said to you, have said to the host, you should get an occasional contributor slot. Hashtag Tommy Talks. We have to nick that one, prof. Mm. Uh, Ray Whelan said, Very enjoyable couple of hours plus. Tommy just started the show. Even Pedro sound impressed. Uh, Chef Ray, very impressed with our um, last episode. So with the 100th episode of the podcast coming up soon, prof, let's just sit back for a second. 100 episodes. Have you ever thought it would happen? I didn't think one would happen. One, yeah. Do I still remember me sitting there convincing you and Johnny Blues? It's like, come on, we talk enough show sitting around anyway on a Sunday. Let's do it. And uh, so 100 episode coming up and we ask you to send in your nominations for what you think is the Tifty's greatest ever moment and we'll read out and play back clips from a couple of these over the next few weeks. <laughs> and the only let's senior cup story. Aussie right. Nate absolutely blitzed over. They're getting nerd for uh, sure. Some really good moments. And uh, Jason Maloney said, for laugh out loud factor, the Derek Tracy and Antonio Dowdon will take some beating. And I tell you what, they, they could have been there for two sessions because they were just milling the cans. We had to get reinforcements, didn't we? That's still Tom- my favourite episode. Tony and was absolutely down in the orchestra. I mean, there's tears. some others that are very close and really enjoyable for different reasons, but that one, for me, just had everything. We, we like The microphone couldn't didn't even have to be in the room. You're just sitting there talking, having the chat and having yeah. the session, you know, having, having the go crack. So, I remember Tony O'Dell leaving that day and he was like you almost looked surprised by himself you couldn't believe how long he'd stayed there first of all and he was just like he was on the phone to his missus at one stage he's yeah. like you fucking keep me here right? <laughs> he was just like jeez I enjoy that yeah. Yeah. and he, he likes everything he likes yeah. our Instagram posts he likes Twitter he likes Facebook he, 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 I think he listens actively so um, we could nab him for our five aside so DFX on the forum thoroughly enjoyed the latest episode and 94 season and the Winston Mona interview <laughs> and the highlight is the argument Dunster had some on some people that just want to go to games in uh, one of the end of season special uh, that, no, was, that was, that was, was one, one of mine yeah, yeah. that was one of my favourites because the, the passion and the emotion that was it was raw uh, so the Winston interview that was only a couple of weeks ago so there's no point in uh, replaying that one Mona before. sounds lovely oh she is but uh, so we're going to play two things we're going to play one of my personal highlights from that Derek Tracy, Tony O'Dell show. And we're going to play that argument between Dunster and James Cook. So sit back and listen back to these uh, old clips. Yeah, some fantastic stuff. But uh, some amount of accents I've had to deal with so far. These <laughs> new signs. I've got two lads from Wexford. We've yeah, you've eaten boil. He's quite the, we've got, quite the, coach, uh, the he? Scotsman, Gilchrist. And uh, this fellow's from Limerick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had a few songs written for him already in the forum. And uh, 
one that changes the lyrics of Purple Rain. So we thought we're going to give that a go. So how's your singing voices, lads? How are you? Brilliant. Okay, How so are you about Purple Rain? Know the song Purple Rain? I do, well, yeah, but I'm normally a kind of... Um... <laughs> you know Greg O'Halloran? Yeah. No. no I, I used to be. hate that in the bus coming uh, on. I used to hate the sing songs. I was, I, no, I'd be joining her in her, but then yeah. you might say, here, Daryl gives us a song. I'd be gone. Yeah. I'd be gone. I'd be gone. I'd be 30 miles back there. <laughs> <laughs> was, was there an, an initiation, actually? Was there like that when you first joined the club? No. No, it wasn't. Because there is, it seems to be that way with Rovers now. I'd hate to sing a song. Oh, jeez. Oh, that. That'd be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of videos. You have to yeah. sing I'd a song. I'd rather kick in the nuts. Yeah. Just kick me in the nuts. Kick me in the nuts. I'd get her over it. Massacre stage. Yeah, I'd rather that. You ready? Joel Constraint. Joel Constraint. Joel Constraint. Joel Constraint. Joel Constraint. That's beautiful, Joel Constraint. Joel Constraint. This is going to be an East End classic. That's pretty much it, yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. That's the hairband now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Carl, you were going to talk about songs that uh, yeah. stuck out. Any songs the that the fans sung about you guys that stuck out, good or bad? Mine was fairly simple, wasn't it? One, two, three, three. You, oh, you make a song about here, yeah. you prick. No, no, I, just, I remember a fella saying to me, actually... Okay. Actually, before we talk in about that, in each car, you actually said it's strange thing. You're here said, twelve yeah. years and we don't have a song about you, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe because it was brutal <laughs> to associate yeah, what actually you know, how it felt at the time. Yes, you lost Milltown. Like I mean, yeah, it, was, it, it, it was it was a bereavement. It really was, and I mean, yeah, like, you know, like I mean, okay, like I I played your part in the the whole cram thing and the whole lot, like, but and I'm very proud to. Say that, like, but um, you know, but uh, Christ Almighty, you, you never recover from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it work, you, it? You, yeah. Oh, it still hurts. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay, we have Tala now, like, but Tala's ours. But so, how about leaving Milltown? Put that on the list of hers. How about people who pass the picket line? Ah, that's not fair. Um, just a, you know, this like, is controversial. I mean, Carl, like to be honest with you, people, people do things. At, at the time, do. right, I, I walked over in Walkinstown, and um, I used to have to get two buses to to get to Talca Park just to stand on the picket line, right? And I did it like all the time, right? And I'm not trying to say I'm a martyr, but like, I mean, I was so, my God, I was so passionate about the whole thing, right? And I, I stood on that picket line every single time. Mm-hmm. And Christ Almighty, when I saw people passing us on that picket line, you know, the likes of Amy, you know, Eamon Dunphy being the obvious one, right? Now, apart from him, but like, I mean, Rovers fans, you know. Not standing with you, not standing beside you. Not only standing with us, like, not only staying away, but passing the picket. What, it, 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 you know something. Honestly, it, 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 it killed me. Like a fucking. I, 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 I remember in Richmond we had the uh, the on-page protest against 
I was on against Derry. Yeah. Yes, I, I was there. I, I was out on the pits that day. So, so was I. Yeah. I, 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 I remember people saying, "I get off the pitch, you made your point." Like Roberts fans going, "Get off the pitch, you made your point." Yes. I, like, I, I, I remember being really angry with them because they didn't really understand the depth of yeah of what was happening. Like this is like life or death. Yeah. It's like, but, uh, but there's, there, you have to remember that there are people who just. Just want to go to a football match. I know. And I'm not yeah. saying. But, I but know. that's the point. So there was people who, after Milltown, still just wanted to go to a football I know. Match. Yeah. And, and, and Paul, yeah. like, I mean, exactly. But are they the neutrals? But, but Paul, exactly, exactly what you're saying, yeah. right? I was, I was on the pitch in Milltown, in, in, you know, yeah. against Ligo. You know, can I, can I, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Just for one sec, right? I just, I, just, I just want to say, I love the death of love the two of these guys now yeah, that's what I'm saying so let no, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep, no, look, no, 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 I I don't. No, I have to say I don't get. I I agree with I I agree with uh with with James on this. I I if if it was if I was going to a game with my son, and I, I, I'd like to teach him some sort of ethics and say. Like with Tommy Kelly's haircut on the list. Of like people just don't see football the same way. Yeah, yeah. true, yeah. true. Sometimes they're just going for a game of football. I'm gonna bring my kid to a game of football. Yeah, it's not 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 in those circumstances though. No. In in the sense that we've we've you know a we've lost Milltown and B. But, that, but that's uh, in your, uh, but uh, that's uh, in your perspective. That's not something. No, it's not. Uh, no, it no, wasn't. But, no. What I'm saying, you, what what I'm saying is, there's some bloke oh, who's no. been bringing his kids. That's what they do. Yeah, and they just go to a game, and they're not interested. Like I'm not saying it's right or wrong whether they're interested in the politics or not. They're just not interested in the politics of a football club. Like I've got mates who still now are just like. Like they just go, like they go to Tallinn now. Because casual, they go casually. That's what they do. Like they're not interested know, in whether like, the ultras. I, yeah. Sorry, they're not interested in whether the ultras have a problem with the board. They don't care about that. Yeah. But I'm I, telling them you have to be. Like, uh, like there's, there's a couple of nights where the ultras and they go, why are these why are these cunts standing up here with us? Paul, and I, 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 at the, the end of the day, if you're trying to get 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 rid of Paul. If you're trying to get rid of a regime, as we were doing yeah. at the time, yeah. um, you know, like whether you bring your kids to a game or not, like, I mean, you know, like, you can call it politics, you can call it whatever you want, but, like, we did what we had to do, like, yeah. I mean, and, and, and we, like, we put a pick on, like, I mean, on every single game we played in Talker Park, we put a fucking pick on yeah. it, 
And I mean, yeah, and, and you know something? I, every, every single person that passed us on that picket, I still resent them. And you know something? You know, there's, there's still some of them going to the Rovers games and whatever. Still to this day, yeah? Yeah, there is. And you know what? I will never forgive them. I'll never fucking forget them. Because, you know... so before the Dundalk game prof we confirmed the signings of UCD duo Gary O'Neill and Neil Ferrugia with Graeme Cummins loan deal from Cork was announced on Sunday but he wasn't eligible to play against Pats on Monday so yeah happy man prof Gary we did it we signed a striker! So, squad numbers. We have Ferrugia, 23. Michael Jordan's number. Uh, O'Neill, 16. 16 was Keane, wasn't it? And Cummins, 24. I can't think of anybody special but 24. So, um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, apparently Gary O'Neill had 90% pass completion at UCD. The yeah, his, in the league. his stats are quite good. Yeah. His stats are quite good. I'll give him that. He's the first Kerry man to play for Roberts since Billy Dennehy. Billy Dennehy! And I'm not Billy Suarez. I'm not aware of any other Kerry man who played for Roberts. Uh, some people might be saying Shane Guthrie, but he actually grew up in Kerry. He was born in Donegal. So I'm not, not officially a Kerry man. And uh, Roy, have a pop quiz for you, Gary. Pop quiz, Prof. Go, hit me. Yeah. I've added up that Stephen Bradley has signed 27 outfield players since he's been manager. Can you name the three of them? Jesus. Who were in their 30s when they signed? When they signed Finn? Nope. Fuck. He was 29, wasn't he? He was borderline. Well, well Cummins is one, so you've only got Elfield two. Outfield players. Outfield players. Brother, brother, brother. He Come. didn't sign fighty. Oh, I'm going to need more time. Come <laughs> on. Go. Hit me. Tell me who they are. Well, Cummins is one. Joey O'Brien. And Darren Meenan. Jeez, Darren Meenan. Yep. That was a waste, wasn't it? Another quick one. Of the 27, how many do you reckon... We're midfielders. 25. <laughs> <laughs> Close. 14. Jeez. But uh, you mentioned there that Cummins couldn't play against Pats. Uh, none of these new signs could play until July 1st. But there were games on July 1st. So because of the stupid rule in which you have to send the forms to the FBI via registered post, so yeah. then they can't receive it until July 2nd. Yeah, we know the story with that, all right. It's like some mental... 1950s FAI rule they just haven't changed for some reason absolutely ridiculous yeah it's crazy and uh, did you see the interviews I did with O'Neill and yeah Ferugio? great stuff again prof Ferrugia was quite giddy wasn't he <laughs> he was happy enough wasn't he I've never seen anyone so excited to sign for a football club but this this is one yeah. of the most exciting signings for me for Ferrugia in a while because he's just so direct and it's it's an exciting player you know like yeah no disrespect to Gary O'Neill or Cummins, but he just excites me. So we felt this way to a lesser extent when we signed Marty Waters. Yeah, Marty was but Marty was always good against us, wasn't he? Yeah, and possibly like harsh that he was getting rid of so quickly. I mean, 
I, I was mm. shocked when he left. I thought he was going to get another contract. So I think he got a red card against Pats and just never got back in the team mm. under Nutsi after that. When I interviewed Cummins, uh, just as we were setting up the camera with uh, George Kelly, he started eating an apple. And it reminded me of like the cliche in movies now where have you ever noticed this? Whenever you want to have someone display arrogance, just have them eat an apple really obnoxiously. <laughs> so I thought, I thought it would be amazing if we just had him eat an apple on camera and just be like, yeah, I'll get 20 goals. No bother. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's... Okay, so we lost the 1-0 to Doug and Tala and Joey O'Brien and Sean Kavanagh came in for Ethan Boyle and Aaron Green. They were dropped to the bench and Dan Carr was up top. Uh, we Trevor Clark making his 100th appearance and... Um, eighteen ninety nine beforehand. Prof, did you have a couple of points. I did. I met Tommy, uh, as we call out there. He got a good reaction to the show. He had even more rants for me. Can you believe he wasn't even done after two hours? Hashtag Tommy talks. I had rants about greatest league in the world. The Airsport video package promoting the Dundalk game, which Not showed one us Rovers goal in it. Yeah, showed us conceding penalties. Yeah, great promotion there. That's right, though. In fairness, more rants about Trevor Crowdy. Tommy Cannon was nearby. Probably want another interview. Um, Our bench, by the way, was as follows. Go on. Leon Pauls, yeah. Ethan Boyle, mm-hmm. Brandon Kavanagh, Joel Castrain, Thomas Alua, Aaron Green, and a cardboard cutout of Oren Voyage. Um, yeah. No one noticed. It, it's. Uh, what, what can you do? Do you know? I'm, I'm interested in this Thomas Alua fella because he's been on the bench quite a while and for a couple of games and it hasn't really. like No, no one's really talked about him. So. Obviously, they think they think something of him if he's on the bench all the time. And he made his debut yeah. in Pats in Richmond, was it? He made his senior debut in the League Cup, and then he came on to make his league debut in in Chikara, yeah. So if um, you bought the program recently, you would see Carl's article listings for every podcast special, and it was fantastic read. In fairness, even for us, just to see how far we've come, you know. Yeah, it wasn't until I compiled that I realised how much we'd actually wow. achieved in two and a bit years and that's the one thing that we thought we might struggle with as regards to content for the monthly madness shows but we always kind of pull it out anyway like it's it's there's always something there to talk about and I think there will be as as long as we go on but um, yeah Joey O'Brien read it as well ah Joey's the man yeah Joey's, Joey's yeah. a bit of a, a prof fan isn't he he keeps coming up to me and bringing up the podcast like I'm not trying to talk to him he comes you're up to, to me you're trying to walk away now you're like <laughs> fuck here's your man again <laughs> But uh, yeah, he said he read that program article and uh, he was ribbing me saying that listens have gone down since his <laughs> show that he was on. Could be true. And you know that Maloney has been the only person in Johnny Boo's three times. He seemed to take that as a challenge. And uh, something that was mentioned to me, I just want to get your opinion on this. Go on. Was the promotion of this Robert Dundalk game a bit lacking? I felt so, yeah. I felt like um, we could have done a lot more. It was a good crowd, but I mean, it could have been billed as something it, it, we could have done a lot more I felt um, we got a good crowd in the end but um, considering like it was the first time in quite a few years that we were seeing a top two game yeah. at Tata Stadium like this was a significant game but then again what what do you do then I mean what what way do you go about it it's uh, this is this could have a monthly madness section on its own so it's something that we might get into another time as regards to building our fan base and, and promoting games. We'll probably talk about that another time. Well, I went to Camille as usual, girl. Yeah, what did you get, Prof? Got the old chicken pad toy. Ooh, what did you think? Well, put it this way, they had to carry me out in a stretcher. <laughs> Again? I Prof, was, they're going to start charging you. I was like Alan Byrne after being on the end of a Peter Eccles clattering. <laughs> My evening was done. Ah, it is. and It's something that I've given up on is eating before I go out because I just want to go for a nap. 
it's just the way it is. So, like I said, get the the nap room into into Camille and Tala. But uh, yeah, Prof, on your bike, Brian McKenna did his own ten years in Tala celebration. Cycled to every home game we played in since Milltown, and he finished up at Tala Stadium at seven before the Dundalk game. So fair play to Brian, and he was uh, cycling all around Dublin. Didn't go to Cork though. But yeah, I, I think it's it's null and void now. So he went to RDS, Glenmore, mm. where else? Talca, Richmond, Daly Mount. Plus some, plus some random places that we played friendlies in, like Whitehall and Newbridge, I think, once. Oh, he went there? He went to Newbridge? I think he did. No way, that's, that's, yeah. a bit, that's a bit out, in fairness. Personally, I thought he was lazy, though, not traveling to <laughs> turn it across. I mean, that's just being half-arsed about it. But uh, you might have seen that in the forum. He'd been talking about it for a while, JMK in the forum. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's uh, green blood. That's green, mm-hmm. double underscore blood. He picked, he picked the hottest day of the year to do it too. Ah, that's, that's what you want. Yeah. Like, I walked from Rackyard to Kimmage that afternoon, and I was bollocksed. Yeah, do you remember we did the, the 10K from... I think that's... Do you know what? I'd love to... Is it something we should do every year? We should do the Milltown to, to Tala? Not every year, but every kind of anniversary. Yeah, every anniversary. It's, it's very enjoyable, anyway, especially when you have an old backpack with you, full of cold cans. But um, we'll talk about the Ultras 120 years display, and it was a, a fantastic occasion. So fair play to all the boys. Absolutely massive display. Huge, wasn't it? So they, they really got stuck in as well. And I think they're all out of stock as well. They sold all their t-shirts. So the uh, key for Norway, they'll all be over there running the muck again. Um, big big shout out to them. So fair play. Um, now onto the game, Prof. Um, massive shout out to Jack Bourne lately because I think he's playing really well. And we had some chances. Bourne was just inside the box, torn and shot wide. And then we had Trevor Clark as well. Um, <laughs> Clark's tackle. This this is one of the best tackles ever. Like I'm I'm loving these full blooded tackles. And I think somebody just be- in in the replay that I was watching, somebody just beforehand, and he was like, "All the way, Trevor! All the way!" And then <laughs> clatters him. But in fairness, it was yellow. He's a millimeter away from the ball. He has his eyes on the ball. But and he, just, he, he does get a nick in the ball. But the ball goes... He doesn't, get, I doesn't... I think John gets it before him. I think John gets it before It's a yellow. There's a picture that maybe is a bit misleading, but it seems like he, he's getting there first. But he absolutely. I was, it was a full-blooded challenge. You give me that. But uh, everyone was roaring when he got the yellow card. The bench just stood up and gave out oh, mad. Oh, yeah, after watching but, it back... I was, I was going mad at the time. Yeah. After watching it back. After watching it back, I suppose. Can't complain. That's a yellow. And uh, then we had Finn. Fantastic ball in from Danny Carr. Danny Carr's um, from the left-hand side. He broke free and he daisy-cuttered the ball across. And Finn, it was going in until Dane Massey slid in. It was a fantastic tackle from him and he had a little smirk on his face afterwards. So Dan was up front on his own. Uh, I believe it's maybe only the second or third game of the season he's been up front mm. rather than Aaron Green. I think, funny enough, the home game against Dundalk earlier in the season, we drew nil-nil. I think Dan was up front for that one too. I know Dan came... Did he come on out that time last season when he scored a header against Dundalk in Oriel? He came off the bench, sprung up from the bench, possibly. Yeah. We'll move on to Calvo's handball as well. Now, do you think this could have been harsh if it was given because... I missed this at the time. It was a, it was a handball. It, it hit was his in hand. the video package, so I, I haven't seen this. It definitely hit his hand. But do you give it because it depends on the position of his arm and the rules are going to change next year. But... Um, that, are those rules across the board or are they just Premier oh, it has League? To be, yeah, no, it has, to be, it has to be across the board. But I think because he was facing into the south stand pot slightly, it wasn't, it wasn't clear cut so he was never going to give it. Um, 
Well, the Dark fans, when we we mentioned obviously the, the Gary Rogers thing in a minute, the Dark fans are pointing to this Cabo handball thing as being, you know, evening yourself out or oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tricky one. It really is because his hands were kind of in a natural position, but the ball was kicked at him. There's nothing he can really do. Mm. You know what I mean? It's 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 a tough. It, it's a tough call to make. So Byrne uh, clattered the crossbar from 25 yards yeah, out with a shot. strike, wasn't it? Gary, if the game isn't on air sport, that shot goes in yeah. and we win. Yeah, we e- do. End of story. We're course on air sport at the minute. Uh, balls are tried an overhead kick. And pigs fly, pal. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was actually, it was, it was quite when good. pigs fly. Uh, and the players sure looked bollocks, Gary, didn't they? From their uh, shenanigans in the, ho- in the holidays. Danny was blown out of his arse anyway. It looks absolutely bollocks. Yeah, I mean, you're not allowed to have weeks off, Prof. But we'll move on to the second half anyway. And we have the biggest incident of the game was Rogers, and it's a red card all day. You can argue this till the death. It's a red card all day. Trevor Clark intercepts a ball, little clip over the defender, and then he's through on goal, one-on-one, dogs out, goes around the keeper, and then he's absolutely hammered. There's no covering defenders. And the reason the heavy touch, the heavy, the heavy touch is what... Harvey didn't give it for because he thought the ball was going to play, but the heavy touch was only there because he got clattered. Plus, I think referees don't often consider that where the ball is going or the direction of the player. They just look at it like, is it in theoretically a goal-scoring opportunity? Yeah, so by the letter of the law, Harvey looked at that and thought, that is not a, goal, a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. That's what he thought. I don't know where he gets the other How from. could he think that? How I could he like, think that is not a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity? It's either not a foul or it's a red card. Like, there's no in-between. There's no covering the dock defenders. They're all 30 yards from goal. They're not getting back if, if Clark goes around them. Yep. But this, I, this think, I think was, the heavy touch that went wide is because... That's the reason he gave the yellow. But the reason he had that heavy touch is because he got fucking smashed. So... Um, I thought this was an outrageous decision. Ah, it was. It was. We, were, we were frothing. We were like rabid animals up in the stand. Rogers was over her in the dressing room afterwards. He thought he was gone. Once again, from what I heard, Harvey admitted that he was wrong. So, I mean, how many times is he going to tell us this? How many times is he going to admit to a wrong decision and still be getting games, you know? So, opinion, Gare, by the way. Go on. Murray and Mountney. Worst midfield hairstyles in the league. Very true. I think, I mean, Mountney has to be a vegan. <laughs> and wear, like, all clothes that are, like, from recycled trash. <laughs> um... Yeah, definitely worst hairstyles ever. And uh, we'll move on to the goal. Sean Gannon, Trev, I think Trev switched off personally. He was ball watching. Just for a second, he stepped out of position and he stopped. He stopped in his tracks and then he saw Gannon going and he was like, <laughs> yeah, he's got a score. And it was a good goal in fairness. And Gannon, probably one of the best fullbacks in the league, has been doing it for years now. And uh, yeah, Kerry Gilbert used to get his game over him. So it shows you. I think three, <laughs> three different managers chose not to blame a robber, so oh, I don't know what happened there. I always had that nagging feeling that Dundalk won't just nick one, despite them not playing all that well. It's the sign of champions, really. That bit of experience of how they ground, grind out wins. Yeah, and they did grind it out because we were at them. We really were. We were, we were on point that day. I thought, I thought we were very good. I thought we were excellent. Yeah. But we had Aaron Green coming on, Prof. And um, did you watch back the misses? I thought the one, the one that, that came over his head and dropped onto his foot, that wasn't shown on Soccer Republic. I thought he could have hit the target with it. There was another one with an excellent passage of play. He was tightening football and he was drawing goal. He scraped it wide. I thought he should have hit the target. And then the one that hit his right foot that came in 
at a bit of pace he wasn't expecting it like none of them go on target you gotta hit the target the test the keeper something could happen he could spill it we can get a rebound we get a penalty you have to test the keeper the YouTube channel showed all three so I did see that when you are talking about yeah yeah the first one the half Should body the he blazed over the second one though I mean he's dead centre in front of goal you gotta hit the target minimum and he just snatches at it and he's mm. almost just sliding it wide by the end was that the one where that like that would have been goal this season? Ah, oh, without a doubt. Because we had all these really quick passes in tight spaces. It a would have packed been a, box and uh, they just couldn't cut them open. Would have been a sensational goal. Yeah. And then the third one, he just looked surprised that it comes to him. He kind of just walked, didn't he? he his his lack down. of goal scoring instinct. It was. Well, here's the thing, though. Is, it was quite evident. Here. Here's a question for you: Is Aaron Green a striker? Not based on what we've seen this season. Mm. I mean, his highest tally was for Limerick in the first division. Was, now, I was having an argument with someone last week and he told me he got 14 for Bray. Two years ago. Yeah. Is that true? I think him, and, have to I think him and McCabe were the highest scorers mm. this season up around there. But, um, yeah, so that was it. And then we Brandon. I thought Brandon did well and he came on. He was... Uh, he was poking holes, wasn't he? He was trying to, he was, he was trying to work his way in and... Um, which ultimately it just didn't really fucking work for yeah, us yeah Brandon was very good when he came on mm. and came on against Pats as well and uh, he was bright I think one of the criticisms is that he kind of gets knocked off the ball too easily he's very light yeah and he, he does tend to pull out but he's um, he, as as, Jay, as Jaden said at the Dundalk game when Brandon was coming off he goes what the fuck are you bringing him on for <laughs> <laughs> he was then sent to the ball corner but um yeah, the Joey Prof, another fucking champagne performance from him. I forgot Duffy was playing, to be honest. The best That's... winger in the league was, he's screaming now, he's like, Joey, let me out. He's sitting <laughs> in his pocket. Um, he was fantastic. And Joey's just that yeah. level of calmness and influence that we, we certainly do need. But uh, like I said, we just couldn't, we, could, we couldn't score. And they've moved eight points clear now, Prof, which is a disaster. Think of the swing of points. Oh. Think of a swing of points. How many many points have we got in the last ten games? I We've one win in five now. But uh like as we said, we were absolutely excellent in this game and it was fine margins. Fed up with moral victories though. We just have no killer instinct. We had one shot on goal <clears throat> in this game. We had one shot on goal and we had thirteen off target. Aaron Green, like I've been complimenting him all season. I absolutely love the way he works with the team what he brings to the team but if you're going to win a league with, with Aaron up front you need to be raining goals from midfield yeah. which we were at certain points in the season Jack and Aaron were at scoring. this stage I hate like Jason Maloney once again the official tour member of the podcast he said it at the start of the season and he said that Aaron Green has to do something he's never done in his career and that's be prolific and score yeah. constantly and listen we love Aaron he's a great player but he is not doing the business in front of the goal. He does fantastic off the ball and he does some great work, but he is not prolific enough to fire us to a league title, unfortunately. And that's just how it is. Mm. Um, and it hurts more as well when you are you feel like you're nearly there for a league title. It hurts even more than when you're shit. And you know the thing is as well, we have been creating the chances. We are really... The chances are raining down, so... Because we played great. Who comes on with half an hour left and gets three chances? Do you know what I mean? I know. Three chances. Clear cut. You could say clear cut. You know, at least two of them. It hurts more that we played great and we got so close. It hurts more than 
than when we were shite under Fenden and we're just hanging in there oh, and just hoping to win the odd corner and nick a 1-0 he was, he was, he was really uh, cowardly as a manager wasn't he yeah well I, th- I really thought this wasn't the game for the usual po- post-mortem from fans because you got the usual stuff you got the the Rollstone project and the membership model and the goalkeeping coach is too small <laughs> the fact was we played brilliantly and could not score for our lives absolutely hold Brazil to account on the striker issue you have to do that but I can't take people seriously when they watched that game and thought that we and you still have a massive gripe as regarding the Brazil mm. I don't think I could take you seriously I can't take people seriously who just meander into 40 other topics only when we lose yeah. and then you don't hear from them when we win eight in a row unbelievable but uh, let me ask you this prof fantastic attendance and there's a lot of positive things going on but is the title race over I think it is yeah I'm going to say no well just because you said yeah <laughs> no but it's it's not for me anything can happen I think there was a stat about us being six or seven points behind with Michael O'Neill at this stage at that sometime. but either way don't mind the stats I just my glass is forever half full and I think so, anything can happen in football it's a crazy game I think, um, we live in hope though you know what I mean we do like Cork dropping all the points they did in 2017 that made sense because uh, Maguire had left Rovers in 2010 there weren't many league winners in that squad so it wasn't shocking that we took a tumble towards the end of the year Yeah, this is the same Dundalk team of last year bar Stephen O'Donnell like they might like all caps might drop 8 points but we're not winning 11 games. But here's the thing, right? Let's say this. Let's talk about the future. This is possibly an ageing Dundalk team, could you say? Gartland, Rogers, Massey. Some parts of it, yeah, sure. You could say that. And we are a young, bright, good team that want to play good football. You could keep one eye on that and say that you know we're there. they're there for the scalping in the next season or so, but we'll move on, we'll move on. Bit of a horrible stat I'm just going to throw in here. Nice one, Prof. Thanks for that. One win in 15 Tala meetings with Dundalk. You serious? All competitions. Almost recently. One win in 15? One out of 15. Wow. We have beaten the Manorio Park in each of the last two seasons, but in Tala, one win in 15. We used to knock them for six, seven, every so often, do you remember? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Are you finished with your shit stats? Uh, there'll be good and bad coming later on oh, for fuck's sake. the good news is Gareth there's still the FAI Cup <laughs> yeah so Prof loves the FAI Cup uh, Dan McDonald and LOI Weekly said this about us they are proper side now that's really improved this year there's no doubt about that and he also said that we haven't been, we haven't been robbed this season by decisions which I really took umbrage with because he obviously doesn't watch all our games I like Dan I think he's a fantastic guy I don't know him personally, but from listening to him, I think he's really level-headed and he's got good opinions, but that is bullshit. We have been he's, fucking scalped and robbed left, right and centre. He's wrong on that account. Yeah. I mean, we, we've undoubtedly improved. It's just been slow. It's been it's been a gradual process. And we're not, we're not imagining this, that Dundalk have been getting decisions and late winners. And we haven't. I mean, if you take out... If you take out a Voyages winner on opening day... Like we haven't How many late goals Have we nicked That mm-hmm. changed the result Like I can't think of any Brazier in the build up To the Dundalk game This is the first time He started saying That we're challenging For the league 
it was the first time anybody, the staff or players, started saying that, right? So after this game, a quote started getting thrown at us by the Dock fans. You know the one I mean. Right. About robbers, robbers are champions in waiting. This is when we were 10 points clear yeah, yeah, yeah. and two games more played, whatever. Johnny Ward admitted it as well, didn't he? So the Dock journalists and fans and all are throwing this in their face as if one of us said it. It was just the media, it wasn't us. Like people were coming to me when we were at ten points clear or whatever, saying, "Oh, you just have it, you have it in the bag." Exactly, no, exactly. we don't have it. Neutrals in the bag. were saying it. Neutrals were coming to me in work and people that know a follow Robert saying, "Oh, you have it in the bag." No, we don't. You fucking yeah. crazy person. We don't. It's not like that at all. It's a long season. Name one Robert's fan who said, "Oh, we're going to win this few. league." Probably but it was a bother. Few. Okay, some crazy people. But uh, what did you make about the debate over the moving into the south stand? And giving the East End to Dundalk and Bowes fans being supposedly a mistake and influential on the game. No, bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Fans possibly can have an influence on the team as regards to spirit and... and uh, no, I don't believe it. It's, it's, it's shocking to even go down that road. Stupid. I mean, we were obviously giving out because we're the heads in the East End, but... South Stand is great now. It's 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 fantastic atmosphere. Not I don't buy into that at all. As someone said, you had a thousand jubilant Dundalk and Bowes fans because they won. Mm. If you beat them, they're quiet, exactly. and that shuts them up. Oh, yeah, it's it's just the way football is. No, you can't even talk about that as an argument, man. It's silly. It doesn't even come into it. But um, yeah, so Brad's our prof. This one, oh, it's a touchy one. Uh, Brad's in an interview said that this team is better than Michael O'Neill's. I don't even know if I want to discuss this. This is a good hour-long debate on its own. You could go through players, positions, formations. Who would, I tell you what, we could probably sum it up and we'll move on. But who would get from this team, who would you put into that team? Who, from this team, uh, Brad's team now, would you put into that team and replace anybody? In the Michael O'Neill's team that won the league? Well, I think a lot of Rawls fans are in agreement that Lee Grace is one of our best defenders in 20 years. Yeah. Having said that, Murray and Sivez were a great combo. I wouldn't put him in ahead of Murray and Sivez. That's being that's honest. the thing. Like Michael O'Neill's team worked for different reasons. It had great different parts to it that made it organised. And you had the goal scoring of Gary Twig. You had Manus, who was unbeatable. But would you think that this is just a, a, a stupid argument in, in the end? Because like it's it's like saying Maradona and Ronaldo or Maradona and well, what's Messi. You? They're different eras, different styles, different ways of yeah. playing football. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? What's stupid about it is that he brought this on himself. Nobody asked him <sighs> his opinion know. on this. He Personally, just, I don't know why he did it. I don't know why he would... I think he just grabbed his foot and shoved it in his mouth. He really did. Just don't, don't. Like, don't. Where did it, Where did that stem from? Like, why? I don't know. Don't say it. Just ask him for trouble. Ah. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. We have the prof... Coming up with two quizzes. We've Quifties, we've Boydy versus Cavill, and we have Sean Callan versus Watts. Okay, we're back at Rosetown for the last 16 of questions from the East End. So, so far, Big Al, Pigo, Ethan, Joey, Greg, and Aaron McIniff have all taken their place in the quarterfinals, and there's two spots left to fill. Today's matchup is between Sean Boyd and Sean Kavanagh for the right to play Aaron McIniff. So, I'll explain the new rules. We're going to go back and forth between football and general knowledge questions, which you'll select at random. And you circle the one you want, and I'll read it out. Uh, it's first to five points wins. Steals are now allowed, except for multiple choice questions. And there's a 15 second time limit, and I have to take your first answer. 
So to determine who goes first, I gave you a question earlier, and it's whoever's closest wins. The question was, in what year did Shamrock Rovers play Linfield in Europe? And uh, what was your guesses? Mine was 2007. And I said 2010. And it was 1984. So Sean. <laughs> so Sean was closest. So you get to go first, and do you want football or general knowledge first? Oh, circle the ones you want? Yeah, circle the one you want. Yeah. Just one, just one. Is it? Just one or five? I just one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We'll take three. Right. Okay. So you want number three? Yeah. General knowledge. Three general knowledge. Uh, July 12th is a Northern Ireland bank holiday, or Northern Ireland holiday, known as the Battle of the what? Battle of the <laughs> Battle of the Bourne. Bourne? Yeah, for Lisbon. Over to what? Battle of the oh, I don't know. Battle of the Bourne. Yeah, you got it. Fair play. There you go, Oh yeah. A lack of knowledge here is <laughs> unbelievable. Oh scary. <laughs> First thing that came to my head, but I just thought that's in me, isn't it? One. Okay. Boy, that one happen. So we get to that back. Uh, one nil to Sean Boyd. So, uh, still general knowledge, Sean. You, Sean Boyd, you pick one. I'll take number three, just all one because he's there. Okay. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Spell the word camouflage. Am I able to write it down? No? Yeah, go ahead. You're only 15 seconds off. Okay. Look at your starting now. Oh my god, I've got That's an A. C A M A F L A U G. No, I'll give, the, give it over to uh, Sean Cabinet. Yo. Oh, he's just going to have a great. <laughs> so Sean, so Sean Boyle said C A M A F L A U G E. Sean Cavanagh said C A M O F L A U G E. Neither was correct. There is a U. C A M O U F L A G E. So no one got that one right. So Sean Cavanagh football. Number three. Who is the new manager of Juventus? Um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, football, Sean Boyd. I'll take number eight because that's finished. Finner <laughs> is standing here observing. Yeah. What nationality is Sligo striker Romeo Parks? Uh, Jamaican. Only, only talking about it, apparently. Uh, where are we now? Stay with football, Sean Kevin. Five. By what score did USA trash Thailand in this year's Women's World Cup? Twelve nil. Fourteen nil. 
sure crowd, crowd around 30 in there. Jeez. Uh, body football. I'll go 10. You like this one? How many red cards has Gary Rogers received in his five seasons at Dundalk? None. Over to Sean Cabinet. One. Yep, one is correct. Get in there. Should be two. Should definitely be two. Uh, Sean Boyd, general knowledge. Or sorry, Sean Cabinet, general knowledge. Which of the following is not a string instrument? A, a, a string instrument. A bugle. A sitar or a ukulele? Um, sitar. No, it's bugle. Ah, oh, see, I don't get this tail there. Bugle is a wind instrument. I'm oh, sorry, I shouldn't have written anything there. Sean, Sean Boyd, general knowledge? How many degrees are there in a circle? Three hundred and sixty. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm asleep. <laughs> Do you know who got that wrong? Dan Kerr. He said one. Football, Sean Cavanagh. What Middle Eastern country made their Copa America debut this summer? Madagascar? Nope, over to Shambhut. I oh, haven't really spent an inch looking at that. Middle Eastern? Um. No idea. No idea. What was it? It was a uh, Qatar World Cup post. Uh, football, Sean Boyd. Is it me? Yeah. I got number one. Right, number one. Yeah, three zero to Sean Boyd. Who has more goals this season, or do you have the same number, Sean Boyd or Sean Kavanagh? Um. We have the same. Yep, you both have two. So that's 4 2 with the boy. What? 4 2 up. 4 2 up. Fraser was convinced, Cal. Fraser came over earlier and said, only one winner here, me and Sean Kevin. Me and who? Sean Kevin? Yeah, he thought you. Sean Kevin, the general knowledge. <laughs> That's number six. <laughs> Which member of the Beatles was married to Yoko Ono? John Lennon. Yep. Three, two. John Lennon. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like an educator. Yeah. General knowledge. Uh, Sean Boyd. I'll tell you Toby Maguire and Tom Holland have played the role of which superhero? Spider-Man. Yep. Game, set, and match, is it? That's 5-3 to 5-D, 5 wins. 
Okay, we're back with a question from the East End, and this is our last matchup in the last 16. So we've got Sean Callan versus Dylan Watts. So it's going to be first to five point five, five points wins, and uh, steals are now allowed. So we're going to go back and forth between football and general knowledge, and you circle the one you want, and you don't have to take your first answer. So determine who goes first. I gave you a question. The question was, how how long has Stephen Bradley been in charge of Shamrock Rovers? So what did you say, Sean? Um, Nine hundred and sixty-nine days. And then three six five. I said. I don't know why I said that. Well, Sean was much closer because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nearly bang on the three-year mark. So yeah. it's, so Sean gets to go first. So circle the one you want there. Oh, number one football. Right. Uh, which former Liverpool fullback won a record 110 caps for Norway? John Anarisa, was it? Yep. Nice, yeah. Uh, football for you, then. Yeah, I'll go number four. <coughs> the recently retired Fernando Torres was last playing in which country? China. No, Japan. Still, yeah? Yeah. Japan? Or Spain? Pick one. Spain. No, it was Japan. Should have gone with your instinct there. Wow. <laughs> was it Japan, yeah? It, it was, was Japan, China. yeah. Because I thought it was China, to be yeah, honest. So then I went back Japan. to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> was a good let off the hook there. General knowledge, Sean. Uh, go number one. Uh, what's the currency of Norway? Euro. Or to dinner? Uh, couldn't tell you. Uh, crown. <laughs> General knowledge, dinner? Yeah. I'll go number 10. That's alright. Sorry, there's no uh, 10. No, sorry. Just go up one to nine. Eight journals. Uh, Wellington is the capital of which country? What was it again? Wellington is the capital Wellington. of which country? Is it. Norway now? No, over to Sean. New Zealand, is it? Yep. It's 2 0 to Sean. <coughs> uh, back to football. Easy Sean. Number two. Trevor Clark recently made his 100th senior appearance. In what year did he make his first appearance? Twenty fifteen. Yep. Racing ahead, no. <laughs> football did football didn't yeah. Number eight for me, right? All right. <sighs> Who has just replaced Neymar as the captain of Brazil? Danny Alves. Yep. Right, we're back. <laughs> off the mark, football shot. Football, yeah? Yeah. Uh, five please. 
How many red cards do Rovers have this season? Um, just the three, is it? Yep. We were going to say two. Yeah. General knowledge. Uh, Go number two, right? Did I? Two. Spell the word sergeant. Sergeant. Uh, <laughs> S A R G E N T. No, give Sean a go. S E R G A N T. Uh, say it one more time, sir. S E R G A N T. No, S E A R G E A N T. General knowledge, Sean. Uh, number three, please. Uh, how many sides in total do, do three triangles and four rectangles have? So in total. How many sides? Yeah. Just, what's the question again? What, how many rectangles? How many sides in total do three triangles yeah. and four rectangles have? Twelve. No, I'll give it to dinner. Oh, four. <laughs> oh, no. Sixteen and nine. Oh, and nice. Three triangles, four rectangles. So, three triangles, nine, six, nine, eight. Twenty-four? No. About half of them get that on average. Uh, who scored the winning goal for Spain in the 2010 World Cup final? It was Iniesta. Is that 4-2? 4-2 to Sean. Sean just needs one more, does he? Who plays at the Signal Iduna Park. I don't know. Have it to Dylan. Have a clue. Is it. Dortmund? Yeah, Dortmund, sorry. Nice. Bit of a comeback here. Bit of a comeback. How ball is Dylan football. It's you football, is it? All football are gone, I think. No, there's seven there. Seven. Seven. Uh, Name the new Brighton manager. Oh, I know his face as well. It's the old Swansea manager, isn't it? Oh my god. No, I haven't got a clue. Can't remember his name. I yeah, know. Do you know, Sean? It's me, I know his face, but picture him in my head, don't know the name either. It's uh, Graham Potter. Football, Sean, is it wrong? Football's gone, yeah. There's a nine there? Nine, is it? Still? Okay. Sort of a football question. Uh, name the president of the FEI. He not just resigned, no? Well, okay, the former president. <laughs> John Laney. No. no. Yes, he was chief executive. Oh, oh, it's the Dutch lad, isn't it? Uh, no, it's not the Dutch no. lad, no? President. President? Yeah. President of the FEI? Mm -hmm. Not John Laney, no? No, he was chief executive. Was he? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Donald Conley. 
Never heard of him. So did you say farmer? I, I don't know if he's still there or not, is he? He is there. Is he? The farmer. No, Sean said farmer. farmer. No, I said farmer. So I was like, well, oh. even if he is farmer. It's number four in general. Four in general, yep. Yeah. We'll score four three. Four three to you, yeah. Which is heavier? A ton of peanut butter jars or a ton of goalkeeper gloves? Um, I'm going to say a ton of goalkeeper gloves. Just repeat it back there. <laughs> He's already answered, I'll take that, please. <laughs> no, if multiple choice questions, you can't steal. Sorry, ah, sorry about that. Yeah. So over to. Spend if the gloves are wet or not? They weigh the same, I'm afraid. Should be steal on that now. Six, is it? Yeah, please. Six Germans. In what year did the Irish War of Independence end? Something hasn't. <laughs> Old clue. Did it? Nineteen twenty-one. What do you have left? Five seven. Five seven and nine. Did it? We got one more. We got one more for both. Can do now. No. Five. Uh, who was younger when they died, Elvis or Freddie Mercury? I'm gonna say Elvis. Yep, Elvis forty-two, Freddie Mercury forty-five. So four oh. Thank God I've got a tiebreaker question ready for this. So we've got We're seven left, do we? Seven. Seven and nine. Seven nine. Go for nine. Mm -hmm. Who played Rose in the movie Titanic? I don't have a clue. <laughs> don't have a clue. I'll have to do it. I need some double choice questions. <laughs> No. She's no. redhead. Yeah, Kate Winslet. So, Dylan, last one. Seven. Just for the win. Just for the win, you can get it. Friday, I'm in Love is a song by which English rock band? No clues, Mark. No clues, please. Um, no clues, please. Had the strictly is it, first time. Is it Radiohead, no? No. Yeah, still. Yeah, strictly 15 second time in for this now because this. Oh, I don't know either. I don't know either. Do you don't know? know? No, I don't. Jeez. It's called Day Something. The Kooks. Uh, the Cure is sure. the answer. Nah, I never heard one. Right, so. Tiebreaker question. I could just write it down again. This is the winner, so. Yeah. How many Serie A titles do Juventus have? Closest will win. So, Sean. You should see through that. <laughs> yeah. Here's it. Yeah. Okay, uh. Hi. Sean. He's seen that. Any number of ones will get you this. <laughs> Your answers have to put me off there. Yeah, see, you see my answer. This is unfair. This is a rig. You got double. Um, I didn't won the last. Was it eight, nine in a row? 
Yeah. Yeah. Who won? So the question was, how many Serie A titles have Juventus won? Dylan, you said? 116. Sean, you said? 63. The answer was 35. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean wins. So uh, that was our quiz, and Prof, uh, I think you ran out of questions. Yeah, well, the two loners went through there, Gar. Uh, Boydie and uh, Cadden, they're both back from their spells. 116 uh, titles, bro. <laughs> Is it even that many years since the league has been up? 116? Well, I was there for the media day, uh, so Mark Lynch was there, and he was just there burying his head in disbelief, ah. and, he, and he was like, there's unregulated leagues in Burkina Faso <laughs> who don't have league champions with I know Italian football titles. can be corrupt, but fucking hell. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, actually, I forgot my sheets for that one, for the Callum versus Watts one. So then I had to scribble them all down from memory. So I can only come up with 18 questions. Fuck, you were lucky. That was a bit hectic. And uh, I was hoping, like, just uh, hoping this wouldn't be the first week where they're all thick and they use up all my questions. <laughs> but it was. And sure enough, it was, yeah. yeah and so, uh, uh, that trap you set for them, Gar. The did, I, did I set the trap? The ton of, of peanut butter jars and goalkeepers. Fell right into it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so great stuff there. Our, our quarterfinal lineup is complete. We've Sean Callan and Pico, Sean Boyd versus Aaron McAneff, Bulger and Eden Boyle, and Joey O'Brien versus Alan Manis. So it should be interesting. Joey O'Brien and Alan Manis, that could be a mm. final alone. But whoever wins that's going to win. I would think so. Yeah. Probably the three strongest contenders that are in the same half of the draw, I'd say Joey, Alan, and Ethan. So there's probably going to be a surprise finalist where probably facing Joey where you're like, how, how did he get this far? Okay, so um, we're going to move on. We have some transfer activity. We've Aaron Bulger joining Cardiff. After his loan spell, Dean Dillon moved to the US on a scholarship. Sam Ball joined Waterford and Joel Coston. Well, it's a cork on loan as part of the deal that brought Cummins to Tallaght. And we have Dean, Tallon, Dean Williams. C-Block's loan spell at loan has ended and he's moved to Bray on loan for the rest of the season. So a possible step up in... And seeing how he can get on with that. I mean, if he's scoring for Atlanta, he should be able to score for Bray. Yeah, he's one of the top scorers in the first division. So definitely someone I'd like to see get a run out next year, considering we did have a bit of a striker crisis this year. So, I mean, Sam Bond, he was probably never going to get looking again, was he? He was always either injured or just too much in the fringes of the yeah, first no, team. I don't even never going to command a starting place in that midfield anyway. Mm. And even at Roy Foley, he was just doing the job. So. As I said to Lazdo, Sam Bond... At one stage, he looked at excellent. Sam Bowen, at his best, was better in Greg Bolger's position last year because Bolger was so off form. Yeah, that's that's not a bad show. And I mean, he had the he has the arsenal as regards to passing ability, and he, he can get stuck in. But he always kind of looked mm. a little bit unfit, possibly. Obviously, things are different now. Bolger's one of the first names yeah. in the team sheet every week. Yeah, he's having a, br- a brilliant season. Yeah, so we beat St. Pat's 2-0 at Richmond Park last Monday. I was a bit apprehensive about this profit. I we struggled, but Brad's named an unchanged team. <laughs> Boyd and Furlong on the bench in Injacar. And Furlong is possibly joining Fulham, so the transfer saga rumbles on with him. Um, Boyd on the bench, no sign of Oki for this one, or Dundalk. Uh, Ronald Finn was making his 200th league appearance this game. In general or for Robert? For Roberts. Right, so 200 league appearance for Roberts. Clark had made his 100 senior appearance for us against Dundalk. And you know on Twitter when Roberts uh, put out who would you like to see in a starting 11 this evening? Yeah. And then you're just inviting the inevitable. First reply, Gary Twig. Yeah. But probably the weirdest 
build up to an away <sighs> game, Gar, I can ever recall. Okay. We're in the marble arch, right. and the main area is closed off for some karaoke for some lad's birthday or oh, I don't, like, know, I don't know, know, whatever. That's quite early as well, isn't it? So it's just me and a few lads, and you just hear this horrible singing in the background as we prepare for a game against Pats. I'm fond of an L spot karaoke myself. I'll be, I'll be yeah. lashing it out in Norway anyway. Other notes from Intracar. Jim Toner walked by me. And saw me eating only chips, no burger. Don't be alarmed, Jim. It's only one off. <laughs> uh, do you notice Pat's have a new scoreboard? Oh, I didn't notice. Apparently it was there when we paid him a few months ago. But maybe I just forgot. But what's the point of get, getting one without a clock? Uh, it has to have a clock. you gotta, you got to pay attention, don't you? Uh, Prof, you, you were raining down on in this one. How many times? How many times were you hit with board pill? <laughs> yeah, you left the stand. I left the stand. You actually left the stand because you got hit so much. Three times. Three times. The second one didn't actually hit me. The boards are taking the So piss. I thought, like, I'm out of here. Now the second one I thought, that's a coincidence. You think I would have I taken the hint when the two empty seats to my left littered were. There was only glimpses of red. They were so covered in bird poo. It must be the most prone area in Dublin 8 for mm-hmm. bird shit. Absolutely shot on. So yeah, so the third time I was like, yeah, just. <laughs> so we had uh, we move on from the bull pool we had the what a time to score a goal my favourite time to score a goal 45th minute Bulger great work from uh, Jacko out on the wide area out near the stand on the right and um, lovely little feint from Bulger mm. and stroke home you could say well taken stroke home I loved how because his first touch was so perfect and you just see all the crowd ah Toner was sent for a urging him on yeah. because everyone felt he was going to bury this Super finish. I wouldn't even say um, buried. I'd say caressed. True. Caressed him. And uh, only the second time in the last seven seasons that Greg Bolger has scored more than one league goal. Jesus. Second time in seven seasons that he's been... That, that's quite a step. He's getting crazy here. He's he on is. two. <laughs> he's gone wild. Dizzy heights. I love that photo as well of him and Joey O'Brien. Yeah, the man love. It must be love. And we move on, five minutes later, we had Cavo um, burying a... I, I thought possibly Keeper was a little bit poor for this, but he, he was a little bit blindsided and it went into the bottom left. So it was on the right-hand side, left footer took it and it left footed into the bottom. Uh, not your regular free kick, but listen, put us two up. And Look, Cavo said that he, he noticed Clark stepping a bit to yeah. his left. And he, and for it. he timed it perfectly. Uh, Jack obviously takes 99% of our set pieces, but... Uh, Cav obviously thought this was perfect for his left foot, and it was, so, yeah, good, um, good, good strike. So, performance, Prof, how, how do you, give us, a, give us your synopsis. I thought we were pretty good in the game. Considering it is, we've, we've struggled out there like, well, previously. The one earlier in the season, you could argue, was our most complete performance. Either that or Cork away. Yeah. But, uh, definitely, so, I mean, but, three points on the board after a tough loss against Dundalk, so it's... We, we kept the momentum. I think Greg Bolger was almost unanimously uh, everyone's man of the match. Mm. I think Dylan Watson, in fairness to him, we've been uh, hard on him in we've recent weeks. Back, haven't we? He's, he's been good the last few games. Yeah, so, the um, worry was that, like, because he's not the main man anymore, that Jack Byrne was. Not, he's not in the 10, is he? But uh, now, in fairness to him, uh, he has been good. As for Dan Kerr, got the hook, as they say, prof. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, Dan Kerr. Had a mare mm, in this game. Hook. 
had an absolute nightmare. And that's coming from me. I'm his biggest and fan. You and Pat Martin are Dan's big fans. And Absolutely. I mean, the hookah halftime is never good. So, so as for Pat's, I mean, Mikey Drennan had a shot in the first half. Poorest Pat's team we've seen in years? <sighs> they're, they're quite poor. Poor, they, they? didn't really threaten us much at all. I mean, they had to come at us at 2 0. They had to chase the game. Why they ever? And didn't, I didn't really feel we were in any danger. Good crowd as well, Richmond, considering. Yeah, it's small, tight little ground. It's always good. We always show up in mm. force when it comes out there anyway. so It was a Monday night and you can see people being fickle over the Dundalk result. But yeah. in fairness... In fairness, we crowd. had a, a big crowd outside the ground afterwards buying tickets. So uh, no, so a big three points anyway, Prof. Happy with that. Remember when we used to not be able to beat Derry and Pats? Derry was, what, how many games on the Shields? Ten? It was about eight. In, I think it was ten. We may say ten. Then we just... Pats were just rolling over us for a while. On the Conan board years when he had his, his, his bit of luck against us. So, uh, yeah, so three points and we'll move on. So, uh, like like we said before, unofficial Tifties broadcaster, Jason Maloney, he came up with a fantastic idea to get people to share their European stories. And, well, the most PC ones anyway, that we can come up with. And uh, Patrick Kilmartin. Uh, getting nabbed on the way to the Jacks at AIK away and told that I was caught exposing my arse after the goal on CCTV and the next time I'll be fucked out. The arse exposer was in fact Shane Nolan. Also an honourable mention to Jason Maloney for hijacking some poor fucker segue in the square in Talon or Eddie McGrath joining a Harry Krishna march on the same trip. Mm. Do you know what? There's actually a lot of footage and it probably exists. So if you're looking for it, it's, it exists. Like There is footage of um, the... Well, there's no footage of Shane Nolan, certainly, but there, there's definitely a lot of footage going around from the Estonia one. And uh, with Jason Maloney. Uh, yeah, the Harry Krishna moment in Talon was great. They didn't know what was going on when dozens of Rovers fans joined in. They picked up the words to Shamrock Rovers champions pretty quickly. And the halftime party in Modena will take some beating. And there's a couple of uh, videos going around as well of everybody. I don't think there's any clothes on anyone, Prof, in those <laughs> videos. So, um, some fantastic stuff. With Ross Dawn, great trip in Tel Aviv, Jason Maloney getting interviewed on local sports station and he's saying he drank 20 ciders in a German Dutch accent was brilliant. In um, 2005, five years ago, um, our club was controlled, almost went um, out of existence. With the fans, we, we set up a members club, um, it was 250, 300 to start off. Now it's up to 500 people and uh, we all contribute every, every month through direct debit and we keep the club going. We are members of the club. We are like Barcelona, only very small. <laughs> We Kieran Stafford, Eddie Mack singing in, uh, with the street performer in Copenhagen and then everybody was roaring up to sing a song until he picked when the Saints go marching in and got waves of tweak lyrics about our friends in the Jakar. He certainly stuck with me so Kieran Stafford with the memories. And we Kaz Connolly, Karen Connolly, the lads all playing football in the square in Lithuania and Eddie using his trousers as goalposts, the first trip to Sweden in the early 2000s and all the men doing a topless conga line up and down the away section. I think Maloney played in goal that day in the football square in, in, in Lithuania. <laughs> And that uh, Maloney is central to a lot of these things. Yeah, he certainly is. All, all the carry-on. So we call it Bob Bourne. About 30 of us taking over the Birds on the Gallowgate before Celtic game in October 86. So we're going as far back as 86. Not something that happened very often. Celtic fans joining in. What a night. We Gareth Bond. The two or three lads who committed to stripping down to their boxers if we scored in Kazan. We scored. It was minus 17 in the army and police protecting 20,000 Russian fans. From the 120 Rovers fans were impressed with the general craziness of it. We had Daniel Fulham, he says, the sumo death match in Talon. Now, there's definitely footage of this one. Probably. I've seen it, I was watching this again last night. One of the funniest things ever, could you yeah. imagine? Could Brilliant. you imagine being involved? Uh, Jess and 
Jessica Megan, dancing and singing under the stands in Modena at half time, soaked to the skin, and partying with Pathlin till all hours in Tadden. Yes, certainly, partying till all hours. Bill Pathlin, a friend of the podcast as well. So, uh, Jerry Keaton, he said the two joint bottles of champagne mysteriously disappearing from the bar in Prague and landing on our table. And uh, later, a chef appearing with a knife wanting to know who will pay. And uh, I think Verve got caught for the bill. So, Verve had to dig, dig deep into the pockets. We'd Mark Lynch, Super Doc, and the physio racing each other onto the pitch for an injured player in talent. Uh, his toy was straight as a rod to the side as he ran walking out to the homecoming from Belgrade at Dublin Airport I can only imagine what that was like as well I remember absolutely mm. packed and uh, fantastic scenes it's something we hope to uh, emulate again with Albert White just about anything from Belgrade the interview okay the interview and getting the police phone number before getting out of the airport now just to clear it up just I think everybody was given a phone number in case you got in trouble um, to have on you at all times uh, the hotel having guards posted on it getting police escort to wander about the town meeting the doc carrying his briefcase through a forest because no one will ever beat up anyone with a briefcase which is probably true <laughs> uh, the escort to the stadium the riot police escort when we arrived at the stadium someone tweeting and quickly deleting a tweet about the lead up to the penalty got it enjoying a whiskey and tell us how it was all God's plan looking for the bullet holes in the hotel lobby where Arkham was shot etc now that would be something I'd be really interested in a bit of history you know it's not exactly something that we do when we go abroad we don't really go for the old touristy things we see the inside of a pub for 48 hours but the likes of that now would be mm. pretty cool like Sweden had a great pub and a great stadium mm. really did. and then you'll never forget the train that's all I know you'll never ever forget the train don't know about anything else but <laughs> we'd mark well it's being left behind in an Italian airport and not being missed until I arrived at the meeting point in a taxi takes some beating never mind the fact that I was the only one sitting down permanently so poor old Mark was they would have been halfway to Ireland and they're like he's still mm. sitting in the airport in Italy McCauley Culkin style McCauley Culkin yeah home alone Jerry Fitzgerald Super Doc being spotted on the dance floor of a nightclub in Belgrade dancing to Turbo Funk with a load of young ones along with his trusty briefcase Turbo too. Funk yeah so if a human can ever go above and beyond that's what sport is on <laughs> wasn't it that video uh, oh, that, that, that clip's getting played in a couple of weeks don't worry uh, Deccan Swanton not so much a memory, more of a gripe. He says, uh, nothing happened in Luxembourg. Declan Swanton with a gripe? Yeah. Never. Nothing happened in Luxembourg. Too fucking hot. Sightseeing when it is 39 or 40 degrees centigrade is not a good idea. I think the lad stayed in Germany for that one. I think they said in Frankfurt, but apparently Luxembourg was brutal. There was nothing going on midweek, so... I think the pubs closed early. Uh, I think we'll change that. It won't be happening in Norway. Uh, Wayne Scales. He Remember one hoop of talent complaining that his hotel was more like a prison cell? than a hotel and only to be told that he'd been lifted the previous night for being too locked for his own good. <laughs> so he's giving out stinks eh? you're in prison cell you're in prison me what I tell you what he must have been uh, some fucking he must have what's the, what's the word balubas so Craig Matt and me and Johnny getting thrown in the back of a police van in Tallinn and brought to the station for singing we are good people so there's been plenty and um, plenty of good stories but I don't think we could air them all prof some of them just stay where they are. What do they say? Whatever happens when Rovers are away, stays away. So we drew nil all at home to Sligo. We're going to move on to more on-field antics. And Graham Cummins made his debut and Danny Carr dropped uh, to the bench. Gary was utterly convinced. So I actually put a few quid in it as well. That Graham Cummins was scoring his debut. So of course he didn't. 
even and the week before we had a, we got yeah. our full sweep up in the prediction league we got five games we yeah. did it all and I was just when I when and I get that feeling you know what I feeling we didn't bet on that one of course when you get that feeling in your stomach you just go for it obviously I lost but he had a couple of chances um, we went to the four provinces where we are now we're, we're gunning to make them the official beer of the of the podcast the poddle we're drinking the poddle now and they're looking after us big time they're great lads and we went down and we had a couple of points beforehand and it's right near Johnny Blues, and uh, they went down a tree, prof. Certainly did. Love the old puddle. Love the old puddle. So we had Dan Fulham back as well. So he is back for the foreseeable as regards to our European trips. And a big, big mm. shout out to him for running a, a successful night with Dan Ormay in the in the awesome tree. He now there was a lot of going. There was a lot going on behind the scenes. Now Dan is he's, he's as regards to like music and and being a DJ and, and trying to promote himself. He's he's doing so much. And he's putting a lot of effort in. And he got some bad news a couple of days beforehand that they double booked the venue. Now, I've been helping him out with this. And I was looking at the emails and they actually double booked it but didn't even tell him. So they start promoting a new night, right? And he sent me a screenshot of this thing. And he was like, our, our slot is being promoted as a different night now. So I'm looking at it saying, how did this even happen? So we, got, we had to change venue as regards. It was in Voodoo. So we changed it to the Torx head. And he was running around like an absolute madman. But uh, Dan Fulham had a fantastic night last night. And it went down a treat. So big shout out to Dan. And uh, check him out. And his sets on SoundCloud and all. Um, I think it's Facebook as well. But yeah, so he's back until we go to Norway. And then I think he's back in Australia after that. So uh, yeah, that's that's Dan. <laughs> Hooper man. So Pico won player of the month for the second time this season. Prof, would you agree with that? Um, I probably would. Uh, again, some of the nominations were were questionable but they maybe got, they're filler really at times aren't they probably are but uh yeah pico pico had a good month uh yeah i think yeah I, we'll go with pico we're happy enough with that mcginty mcginty was very good at top bro he um he had to be we'll, we'll check out the we'll check out the highlights soon enough but like i was at ground level at times so it's it's kind of hard to judge but we, sean kavanagh with a shot over as well and he, he was a busy man el mcginty so um Watts had a shot saved as well. We had chances. We're creating chances. It's not as if we're this boring team that just sits back. We do create chances. Side note, uh, we still haven't conceded a goal in the first 15 minutes of a league game in two years. Two years. Definitely something we want to keep up. But is I mean, it's, it is a stat, but is it relevant, mm. Prof? Not that there was any danger in this particular game, but just we happened to reach the two-year mark this month. I mentioned but uh, yeah hit the bar twice Sean Cavanagh and Graham Cummins with a header I was getting the vibe that was just going to be one of those games I was getting the vibe that it was the classic Rawers and Tata game in, in the first half training in the second half. In the, yeah exactly it wasn't the case today but Sean Cavanagh hit the bar and like we said Graham Cummins with a header uh, I, I think the header might have been a little bit more blatant than we thought We'll see back on the highlights, but yeah, we have we're recording Sunday, so we haven't actually seen. The yeah, we haven't yet. seen the highlights. I think it could but have been the, a bit of a, a glare. It looks like he should have buried it. Yeah, and then he had one in the second half as well. But after the break, Finn and Watts, their chances were kept out as well, and they were saved. So we're actually getting shots on target now. Uh, do you think Finner should have been subbed? That was a strange one. I no. thought he wasn't. He, I didn't think he was great. I mean, you're allowed to have an off day, you know. But it, it, what, what I will say about Bradzer is he went for it. As regarding the subs, mm. 
and it was it was refreshing to see that as well. It didn't work out in the end. We only got the point, but listen, don't dock drop points as well. Well, so he, he went two up front in the last fifteen minutes, and uh, a couple of the lads were were wandering behind me. Like, when was the last time he did that? I don't think he's done it this season. I can't think of the last time he did it. I mean, he went three. When, when did he go three at the back last year? He went three at the back. He started at three at the back last year, didn't he? We played we played three five two yeah. for a few games. The last one I can think of where we went to up front mid-game was away to Dundalk and Shaw and Cara played up front together. Was that the And they were actually one? quite good. Yeah, yeah, that was the 2-1 where Danny Carr scored a header from a corner, wasn't it? Yeah. And we should have we should have got something out of that. That was on TV, yeah. Yeah, so um, the strange... Yeah, it was... You could say it was strange. I mean, I don't know. It's He went for a different approach and then we had McGinty with a save... At the feet of Cummins in the south stand, oh, he was. You don't want to see me for this one, Prof. I mean, he was true on goal, and they're going lovely. There's a few quid for Norway. Wasn't the case. He made about a dozen saves. He's a good keeper. I think, I think he's a young guy as well, isn't he, McGinty? They, mm. they got rid of uh, Mitchell Beanie. So Carr true on goal as well. Now this one was blatant. This was the best chance. It was on his right foot, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was geared. I mean, I was over at the food section just in the corner, which separates the south stand and the, and the, the main stand, and the way he positioned himself. He just had to stroke it into the corner and it was actually a couple of feet wide, possibly two or three feet wide. It was a bad miss. And uh, it's something that we could possibly live to regret. This was maybe the most one-sided game we have ever seen in Tata. And I'm even including the ones where we've won 6-0 and 7-0. Yeah. Because Sligo literally left their half once in the second half. They'd failed to show I'm not even exaggerating about this. They left their half once. (laughs) Like, even when, when Big Al came up for two corners at the end. And I felt no danger of them hitting us in the break. That's how pegged in they were. Yeah, they, they, they didn't do much at all. And Ronan Coughlin had been uh, the form man. I mean, he got a hat-trick against UCD, wasn't it? And he had a couple of goals before that. So, they didn't really trouble us. Um, we'd watch hitting the post as well. Probably. It was like a mishit cross yeah. or a deflected cross. You could say. Uh, Gary O'Neill came on for his debut as well he curled a shot over the bar so it was all mm. go as regards to our attacking prowess but we just couldn't do it And as Gary Brennan said uh, O'Neill looked like he'd been playing with us for years he just seemed to slot right mm. in there it'd be very interesting to see where he does slot in in general because uh, we it's a packed midfield prof. As our cloud is quite midfield is, is quite packed <laughs> that was the, the four, four cloud one, four cloud one. <laughs> uh, so late in the game News of Derry's equaliser kind of filtered through to the crowd. Well, well, first of all, Dundalk got a late winner, and we thought, oh, here we go again. Same bullshit again. Same yeah. old, same old. But then Derry scored again. But then it gets even. And then that lifted the crowd so yeah, much. But it gets even more frustrating because we're creating chances. We should be putting teams away, and then Dundalk draw. We could, like, we, I was talking to Maloney about this. I said, listen, if, if we close the gap slightly, even before Europe, it's a fucking win. And then we can go on and we can see what happens afterwards, but we, we didn't capitalise on it. Well, I'm on record, I'm saying the league title's over, but it would have been somewhat significant. Two if, points if is we, a big if thing. If we had closed that gap to six, yeah. you know, it would have been something going into it's Europe. It's a mental thing as well, but look, it didn't happen, so. Um, well, how, Joey O'Brien had a very good game. He's probably our best outlet in the game. Do you remember, do you remember that in the first half, you had a bit of a silky skills oh, up the wing there. I love Joey, don't you? We uh, he's reborn. On the flip side, how head wrecking 
is Trevor Clark's crossing right now. How many times did he get in a good position and he is just picking out absolutely nobody? He cannot be the first man at the moment can't cross his with legs. his crosses. Can't cross his fucking legs. And he's doing a lot of good work, but his like there's it's either he's either not being the first man and it's behind the players or it's just it's just a, a below average cross. So it's something like I mean I, I don't want to see Trev. Trev is an extremely exciting player, but we, we need to be we need to have that final product, the end product, you know? But in terms of our crosses though, like are we not attacking them very well? Because I have a stat here I was going to say later on. We had 30 sh- 32 shots on goal and 14 corners. In that uh, game? Uh, yeah. Out of those 14 corners, how many did we actually properly attack and, yeah, this is a, and this make is a, a good chance? That came up on I think the Rovers chat. Because there were most of, I think Jack Byrne probably took all of them. And they were all decent deliveries. I know he's got a good delivery, but we're just, we don't seem to be able to. To capitalise from set pieces. I mean, we're not a big team, are we? No. So I mean, we've no Sivez or Murray, or like Turner was good in the air. Don't underestimate how good Turner was in the air. Um, I'm, I'm, but is that like like I just I'm after going back and referring to Michael O'Neill's team. Is that why Bradzer did it? Because is that the standard? And that's the last trophy we won. Is that why he probably referred back to him? I know I'm jumping here, but. <sighs> I it could be but once again we didn't capitalise on the dock and it's something that we need to be doing we're starting to run our games now Prof yeah one notable result elsewhere uh, UCD won a game yeah I know we had, we had harps for this we were miserable last week we got a clean sweep this week absolutely horrendous speak for yourself Gar I might, I might, <laughs> have, gone retired, for, I might have gone for UCD in that game. you retired at the, the top they were on a run of 12 straight defeats two of their back three were making their senior debuts in football. So you were telling me you would have went for UCD there? I didn't, I didn't know that at the time, Gar. I went for Harps because they they've had lost, decent form. They've lost several players this summer. They could only name two players in the bench. So Raf Gattaro, 37 years old for Finn Harps, he was older than the UCD subs bench combined. How many How many's on the subs bench? They had two on. So they, only two, they had only two subs? Yeah. Are you serious? Two. That's insane. I've never heard this before. I've never heard of that either. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to Connor Cairns as well. So that's his, his first clean sheet in how long? <laughs> he speaks well, though. <laughs> he spoke very well in the Great City of Um Yeah, so uh, Sligo's second point they've taken from Talent in 10 attempts. So uh, it wasn't a happy hunting ground for them, but they dug Get, in deep and they got a point out. It's worse, Gar. That was Sligo's first ever clean sheet. In Tala. First ever clean sheet in Tala. Ever. In really? any competition. That's insane, bro. And it's probably a blessing in disguise that we didn't do a show last week because I would have called out that stat before the game. You know it. And I would have been crucified. And you would have been getting texts left, right and centre. Um, two and a half, two six, prof two six one two was the attendance. It's a little bit disappointing, but you have to take other factors into account. You've got longitude, you've got a couple of gigs and the summer and people on holidays and things like that but oh, you would have liked a nice healthy 3k plus you were hoping for 3 yeah. what can you do um, big shout uh, do you know what I mean as as bitter as it is and as bitter as Sligo can be they raised nearly 80,000 in a draw and that is that is really impressive That's unreal. I mean it's something we don't do isn't it we don't do a lotto and we don't do like a like like sell tickets mm. around like that. It's possibly something we could look into. Probably the Euro draw is the closest. Thing yeah, we do but we don't do anything on this on a regular basis. There I mean, are second, third, and fourth prizes to it. That's a massive amount of money. So yeah. I mean, fair play to them for that. Um, 
Yeah, so congrats to Vinny Collins, uh, the oldest hooligan in the world. He won the Rovers Euro Draft competition for flights, a combination of course tickets to towards his clash in Norway against Brand. So big shout out to Vinny who has been on our bus a few times. So uh, amputee team results, a five-star performance of five goals on the day from striker Alan Wall. Sees Shamrock Rovers remain top of the table, halfway point through the season. The hoops beat, beat, they beat Bowes 4-1 and they followed up a 2-1 win over Cork. So um, finally beat Bowes, bro. Yeah, the jinx is over. Uh, great Saturday morning for the junior hoops training with the fourth team getting picks stickers swaps autographs and having all sorts of fun and uh, Ethan Boyle getting absolutely upended by an 8 year old did you see that? no uh, you won't see the video I'll send it on to you Bill Gleeson has it uh, he got upended and taken out so um, a great event by uh, the junior hoops and fair play to them and we have the FAI Cup first round draw Monday at 7 prof so next something you don't want to look forward to don't care Underage results since our last show, the Rovers under 19s have played Limerick twice, winning 4-1 in Tala and at Hoban Park on Sunday. So we're just checking the results now. Yeah, so we got the result in uh, the under 19s. A late rally from 10 men uh, failed to break the deadlock and the game finished scoreless. So it didn't end up in a, a second win. But we um, we have the they're away to Cork this Saturday at 2 o'clock so that is going to be in Cork we have the under 70s lost 2-0 in Limerick in the league and then yesterday they won 2-1 draw in the cup and the hoops goals are from Adam Well and Dylan Duffy and next up they play Cork at the Roadstone 4pm this Saturday yeah just now on the 17s there uh, they're missing Sinclair Armstrong he's gone to Nigeria for 6 weeks ok so that's he went away during the season that's crazy well he they're on a break there was a break in the season because of exams, which makes sense. Yeah. But as Robert Gargan pointed out, these breaks are so long that some teams, their form before and afterwards kind of tra- change dramatically. Hmm. Case Six in point... Weeks is massive, though. Case in point, the 17s had won 10 and drawn 1 out of their first 11. And then they come back from the break and they lose to Limerick out of the blue. Yeah, you see, you wouldn't know what's going on. I mean, six weeks, and they're still kind of kids, you know what I mean? So, mm. I mean, completely out of sync. Um, with the 15s, they lost two and a home to Cork. All three goals in that game were penalties, but they bounced back with a 4 0 win in Waterford yesterday. And they went to the nearby graveyard to pay their respects to the late great Paddy Code, with a, a, and they laid a wreath on his grave. So, a brilliant gesture by Thomas Morgan, Noel Donnelly, and Shane Robinson, and the rest of the squad. So, they're away to Galway on Saturday. Yeah, it was the Gog again. He, he arranged that one. The uh, the visit to Paddy Code's grave, and he said the young lads are brilliant, and actually got quite emotional. Yeah, fair play to them. I mean, Paddy was an absolute legend for Rovers, so definitely something to be celebrated. All that was missing was Jack Wilson. Yeah, just needed it. him around to make all the kids learn the starting lineup of the nineteen fifties <laughs> team, just like he made Gary Armstrong. Gary Armstrong, where are you? So uh, that's them away to Galway on Saturday, two o'clock kick off. Our under fourteen Premier Team beat Belvo FC to win the Thunder Cup. And uh, big congrats to the boys. And the Tordians recorded an excellent 3-2 victory at the end of June. And they're hosting Limerick at the Rollstone. As we record this, it's still being played. So Galway up next for them. So check out shamrockrovers.ie for all those results. Uh, Rovers will submit a team in the Women's Under-17s National League, which is fantastic. In uh, I think they're in conjunction with Lugan United, possibly. So it's uh, it's great to see them uh, branching out into the Women's League. And we Bazunu signed his pro contract at Man City yesterday. Massive, massive news, bro. Yeah, fantastic. Was that a formality or was that because of performance? Like, was he just good over there or was that going to happen anyway? That's what I want to know. I think he's been a regular in the, was it the under yeah, so 18s? Hopefully, hopefully he's been looking good. Anyway. But uh, 
Shout out as well to Gavin Mazuna's dad, who threw a program at Vinnie Perth Gavin and then Baz- afterwards asked for it back. Gavin Mazuna's dad is a Larry official, <laughs> absolute madman. Um, yeah, what a hoop! And then we have the new tour kit, which has provoked debate left, right, and centre, prof. I'd call it a hot pink. What would you say? It's pretty pink. It's hot. It's, it's cerise. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have to go and get it anyway. You know, it'll, it'll look great in Norway when we're passed out at six in the morning. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it's, all, it's available in the shop, so go down and uh, get it for your trip to Norway. Um, some people were annoyed with the added description of the sponsor, Pepper Money. I thought I felt like the sponsor was a little bit close to the crest. But other mm. than that... Uh, yeah. Well, according to some, this jersey has destroyed the soul of the club irreparably. Oh yeah, just shut it down. Let's, let's just and, scrap it. Let's just scrap the whole club. And according to others, eh, it's a third kit. Whatever. If it's you don't just, like it, don't buy it. Yeah, just make a few quid. That's it. So um, we have Geert Muldestad, and he is gonna. He is the fanzine editor of Brands uh, Supporter Run, isn't it? It's their fanzine, and he is gonna give us a bit of a lowdown on our European opponents. So this is Geert Moldestad. Uh So to start with, can you give us some background on Bran and his history? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a quite old club in, uh, in Norway from uh, 1908. Um, it's, uh, it's a club who's won the league uh, oh, uh, six, five times. Uh, the last time it won uh, the league was in 2007. It's been a little bit better in uh, in the cup here in Norway. Uh, it, it's won the cup a lot of times, and it's one of the strongest cup uh, teams. Uh, its best uh, achievement in Europe was in 1997. Uh, they played the quarterfinal in the cup winners' cup uh, against Liverpool, which they lost. So. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a team uh, from Norway, uh, from the next next uh, biggest city, struggling a little bit to be up there amongst the, the best clubs. Uh, has been underachieving uh, for a time, but uh, the last years, uh, it's uh, it's been a little better. Uh, it seems to have a special connection to the city of Bergen as well. So, talk about that and what Rovers fans can expect when they make the journey over. Yeah, uh, the connection between uh, Bergen and uh, and Bonn is is very close. They say that uh, everyone from Bergen, uh, even though they don't care about football, has an opinion and uh, some affection for Bonn. Uh, it's uh, something everyone is talking about. Uh, it's always been a team in Norway with a lot of um, uh, people going to the the matches. Uh, it was better uh, between two thousand and three till two thousand and ten. Uh, but that's uh, that's it's been like that uh, in in all of Norway. But um, the, the connection is quite big, and it also has uh, quite a quite a good supporters uh, group. Uh, they have uh, a standing uh, on the stadium uh, where we stand, and uh, so the atmosphere on on some matches uh, every season can be really really good. Um, especially when Bonn is playing away, uh, the supporters are on their best. It's the team uh, which has the most traveling supporters. Uh, we have matches, uh, for example, we played in Haugesund, a small city 
three hours away, four hours away, we we were almost fifteen hundred supporters down there, and uh, that's uh, one one fourth or something, one fifth or something uh, of all the all the people at the match. So they kind of made the away game their home game. So. Uh, I'm quite sure uh, uh, there will be a lot of people going to uh, to the away match also um, to Dublin. You mentioned that run to the quarterfinals in 1997. Ironically, they had a trip to Dublin on the way when they beat Shelburne. Are you old enough to remember that season? Uh, no. Well, I am old enough to remember it, but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't very. Um, uh, I, I wasn't very connected to one at that time. I was. I was 16, 15, 16 years, uh, and uh, at that time I didn't, really didn't have much uh, interest in football. It came actually when I was 18, 19, 20. So uh, I kind of uh, lost that possi- uh, that opportunity. But uh, of course, I heard a lot about it, and uh, I also remember it was it was quite big. Uh, they beat PSV Eindhoven, for example, uh, away, which was a very very good uh, team in in uh, also at that time so um that was that was a good time for one uh Brian only spent one season outside of the top division so that's something you have in common with Chamber Growers in fact that was the year that the two clubs met in a friendly at Tata Stadium back in 2015 yeah yeah that's true uh that's true they did and uh that uh, was uh, in. They were relegated in 2014 and had the uh, 2015 season in the uh, second uh, highest league. Uh, of course, that was that was a real, uh, really blow to everyone who you know who follows Brun because that was not not what uh, was uh, expected. Uh, actually, uh, the the coach. Uh, which Bon uh, signed. He was a Swede who had uh, t- uh, he just took the gold medal with the team in Sweden, and Bon was looking for a new head coach, and uh, they hired this guy called Rikard Norling, a wonderful person, and he came here, and we had we even had some fireworks at the stadium when he signed, and it was a big thing. And then he Bon uh, <laughs> was relegated his first season, and he actually he wasn't sacked by, right away. He he was given a chance to. Um, to build uh, something and get Bonn up again, but uh, when Bonn was uh, ninth in the league, he was uh, he was sacked, and uh, the current coach Los uh, Nielsen, he he got the job. So at the moment you're uh, in fourth place after a one-all draw away to league leader, leaders Mold on Sunday. So what were the expectations going into the season? And twelve games in now, how do you feel you're doing? has been uh, been uh, quite big uh, this year because one had a, a really good season especially in in the spring and early summer last year they were leading the league and they almost didn't concede a goal at all it was a really really strong team and they lost the key player but they have also signed new players and uh, uh, it, it has a, a stronger squad it has a squad uh, which can handle a lot of matches especially in May in Norway we play a lot of matches and right after that you have the European Public uh, which I know Bonn uh, wants to do better in I know it's it's on the list for Bonn to, to, to do as good as possible in it but um, 
uh, this season it's something hasn't really uh, been been as good as it should have been. Uh, the coach has been struggling with uh, which formation he should use, which players he should use, especially central midfield. He's he's changing the team all the time, and uh, some of the uh, players, the strikers, hasn't uh, been as good as they should have been. So. Um, it's it's not it's not the perfect timing for for Bran, I will say uh, playing Euro- European Cup right now. But uh, you never know; something happens uh, to a player uh, in in such such circumstances. The Shamrock Rovers have had a, a striker problem all season. I noticed your top goal scorer is a Dutch defender. So do Bran have the same problem? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we also have a defender who is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who is the top goal scorer? Bonnac actually doesn't score enough goals. It's the second best. It has the second most uh, chances in Elite Serie It's uh, no, it has most chances and second most chances on goal. So it it, it produces a lot of uh, chances, but uh, they are struggling to put the goal, uh, put uh, a football in the goal. So um, that that's the uh, that's the key element this season. And uh, Lausanne Nielsen, he was very, very disciplined when it came to defensive play the two first seasons. And then he kind of changed the play a little bit. He, he wanted to, to, to create more, play more. And that's probably also why they are conceding more goals. But as everyone knows, the most important thing is to score the most goals in a match. So, and if you don't score, you won't win. So who should we look out for in your team? Who do you think are your best players? Uh, well, the captain is he's a, he's a star player in Elite Serien. He's he's really really good, and he has uh, he has a strong mindset, and he he knows how to encourage his players and get the best out of them. So uh, the captain is uh, also uh, the central defender. He's he's quality. The Dutch uh, the Dutch guy called Fito Vongo. He's uh, he's very he's too good to play in Norway. I don't know why he's here actually, but it's a good thing for Bond. Um They also have uh, a very good midfielder they signed for this season, Luis from Bergen, and uh, finally came back to play for us. His name is Pat Lostron. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a central midfielder, has uh, some qualities in front of goal, and he's, he's working a lot. He's, he's running all the time. Everybody says that. Uh, they are commenting on how much he's working. So he, he's he's a good player. Um, we have uh, we have uh, yeah some good backs. Uh, right back from uh, Ast- Estonia called Tenista, also very good. Uh, but uh, Bonas they have been struggling as I, as I said, and some of the players hasn't delivered this year as they should have. Uh, and the best player last year is. He's not even playing. Uh, Norwegian clubs have a great record against Irish teams. In fact, I looked it up and you've only been knocked okay. out once in uh, 10 attempts. And that was your Oslo rivals, Valerenga, to Athlone back in 1975. So, <laughs> do brand supporters fully expect to get past Rovers in this round? Uh, my impression from people and my impression on the team is that... Um, because how Bonn are playing at the moment, they need to be on their best to uh, to uh, um, have a chance. And uh, 
as I've read several places and I've heard a lot of supporters are saying is that they are a little afraid that Bron thinks this is a walkover uh, because it is not. Uh, it is a hard, hard match, and I know Bron has been has been saying this in interviews and and, and so on that uh, uh, this is a tough, tough match for Bron and most most likely the toughest uh, team they could draw when they when they drew um, the matches. So um, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard. Uh, Robbers beat AIK in 90 minutes in Stockholm last year, albeit going out yeah. in, in extra time. They were a very strong team. How would you compare mm. the Norwegian and Swedish leagues? Which do you think is better? Uh, the Swedish league is better. They have uh, they have uh, the, the best Swedish teams are are better, uh, and they have some really good clubs. Uh, it's been going back and forth. Which league has been the best? It's always been, always been done. The Danish league, they have always been really, really good. They have had some teams do very well. But uh, for the time being, I would say that the Swedish teams are better than the Norwegian ones. But uh, Brann uh, is a good team. Uh, if they uh, if they are playing how they should and and they have a good day, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough uh, tough match. Shamrock. Uh, your stadium has a capacity of over seventeen thousand. What what sort of crowd would you expect to turn up for this home leg against Robbers? Mm, yeah, that's that's a little. It's it's not good to say because uh, when we have had European qualifications, uh, there hasn't been too many people going to the matches. Uh, so uh, I don't think it's going to be um, maybe eight. Thousand, if I'm gonna guess, seven thousand maybe. But of course, uh, the hardcore, you know, those who who always go to the matches and those who sing it and and make make atmosphere, they will be there. And uh, uh, they they also uh, have the possibility to to um, to stand right under the the ceiling in in, in the uh, in the stadium. So uh, that will that will make it uh, make the atmosphere even greater. The sound will be much higher. Uh, Shamrock Rovers have the uh, the pride colours all over their social media at the moment, but understand Bran went one step further, rainbow corner flags. <laughs> yeah, they have done um, they have done many things on on this uh, issue the last year to 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 make uh, make a standing on on the on the subjects, and uh, was one of the the first clubs in Norway who. Who was quite uh, clear when it came to to this issue that football should be for everyone, and and that football have had a, a problem uh, with this issue. It's not it's not been handled as good as it should have been, and uh, I'm I'm very glad that my club is um, is a club who takes this uh, uh, very serious, and uh, they have been yeah a role model for the other clubs. And now we can see a lot of clubs are are doing the same, and that's that's wonderful. You're the editor of Brands D12M magazine. How long is the fanzine going, and when did you start first contributing? Uh, the fanzine is. Uh, oh, that's a good question. I should have. I should know that. Uh, I think it's 26 year old now. Uh, it's been going for a long time, and it started uh, just a little, little small leaflets, and now it's more kind of a magazine thing in uh, in uh, quality paper and uh, colors and we have a, a graphic designer who's doing 
uh, much of the job with creating the magazine, and I'm I'm out of all the uh, contacts. So, um, and I've been there eight years now. So, uh, and there's only been three editors in all these years. So that's uh, quite a we're quite pleased with that. Uh, and we have four editions every year, around 30, 36 pages. So, uh, and uh, it's it's the supporters club who who uh, kind of in kind of owns the the magazine. With, that means it's it's a magazine uh, going out to all the members of the supporters club, and they are financing the distribution and uh, the printing. Uh, you mentioned that you expect a big crowd to travel over to Dublin for the second leg. What sort of crowd would you guess? And are you going to head over yourself? Uh, sadly, I'm uh, I'm not going to head over. Uh, I did. I don't have the possibility. But uh, I've I've heard that a lot of people are going. But I I, I don't I don't think I can guess. Um, I can. Um, but I, I've heard a lot of people saying that they are going there. So. Um, um, I don't know, maybe 50, maybe maybe more. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see how many will go. Yeah, so fair play to Geert, he was great, wasn't he? He, he was really I must correct you, Gary, it's, it's Geert. Oh, Geert, thanks, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, but he said that. Uh, try saying that with six points of puddle in you. Why aren't you three so far, <laughs> right down the bed? He says that they create a lot of chances, but failed to put the football in the goal. And does that sound familiar to it you? It does, it quite does. And their defender is the top scorer as well. And uh, since that interview, Brand drew nil all against a team in the bottom of the league, so they're quite similar once again. It sounds like they're not that confident. They don't seem to be, no, but it's, listen, it's a home game against. It, it's Anything can happen. We know football props. So give us your stats there, come on. Ooh, I've quite a lot of these stats now. So, in fairness, I've not been. I've not had many tirades of stats this season, so. You're going to hit us hard. I am due one now. Right, so Ronald Finn is set to break the all-time club record held by Johnny Fulham. regards to what? Johnny Fulham made 19 European appearances for wow. others. Finn has made 19. It's gonna, he's going to break it. So he's going to make his 20th. Definitely. And as you heard in that interview there, at Lone Town, the only League of Ireland club ever to beat Norwegian opposition in 10 attempts, and that was 1975. Jeez. And the only team to win in Norway was Sligo when they won in Rosenberg five years ago. And Sligo are the only team ever to win the, the away game in the first leg and still get knocked out. Fucking they won 2-1 over there and they lost 3-1 at home. This is ominous, bro. Yep. So as people remember, we played Odds BK in 2015. That's the only time we ever played Norwegians yeah. in Europe. Brand's best ever European performance was in the 1996-97 Cup Winners' Cup. They reached the quarterfinals. They beat Shelburne along the way. Bit of a yo-yo team, aren't they? They've been yeah. up and down the leagues. Got knocked out by Liverpool. Actually, going to have our article in Hoop scene about that. Okay. Uh, it'll be long, but not quite as long as Ryan Legrew's quote-unquote quick chat <laughs> with Jack Byrne, which it went on for a while. scrawled across three pages of the programme. But it'll be almost as long as that. Interesting note from uh, League of Ireland versus Norwegians. Draha had played IK start okay. in the 2006 UEFA Cup and they lost 11-10 on penalties. So many penalties were taken 
they had to go through a second round of players. So you take two in, in the show. Yeah. The only man to miss in the penalty shootout was Graham Gartland. Oh. He missed didn't twice. He miss, didn't he miss one in the actual game itself? No. It was two in the shootout. He missed two in the shootout. Wow. Fair play to him for stepping up for the second one. Uh, Graham Cummins is familiar with Norwegians. He played against Rosenberg last year with Cork. And... He also played alongside Alan Manus and Ali Gilchrist for St. Johnston ah, in the love. Europa League in previous years. That's when Ali made his debut, wasn't it? Yep. And so players in our squad who have never played in Europe before. We've got Brandon Kavanagh, Jack Byrne, Oki, Ferugia. None of them have ever played before. Gary O'Neill actually has. Him and Dylan Watts were in midfield together when UCD got through a round in 2015. Oh, no Remember when they were in the first division? Yeah. So, players in the squad who have a European goal. We've got Green has two. Okay. McAniff has one for Derry. Carr got one, obviously, for us last year yeah. in Stockholm. And there's the stat that absolutely haunts Craig Bodger that got him, that knocked him out of the quiz last year. Ronald Finn has played 35 European games. And not scored. And never scored. Neither has Graham Cummins, actually. Never scored in Europe. Mr. Twig as well. Quirky stat as well. Brand's all-time European goal scorer. Is a Scotsman. What? Yep, Robbie Winters. McCluggage. <laughs> Jim McCluggage. <laughs> so Robbie Winters scored eight when he was with them back Jeez. in 2002. Yeah, they've a bit of a history of uh, yep. English and Scottish guys over there managing and playing. So we mentioned last week that friendly we played against them in 2015, and that came up when they were they were being asked about the game when the draw was made. So this quote possibly a victim of the old Google Translate, but. This is a quote from uh, Frederick Haugen. Right. He says, I don't remember very much from that fight, except that there was a lot of war from the Irish side. But we should be better than them now. Mm-hmm. So oh. apparently they think that we were the toughest draw possible for them. And that having lost to us already in a friendly, even though it was only a friendly game, they won't take us lightly. We only have one survivor. From Stephen Bradley's first ever game in charge. The first ever game was away to Rovaniemi in the 2016 Europa League. I remember this. Yeah, that man so Gary John or something he scored, didn't he? American. Is that him? Yeah, Highland fucked up. Okay, I've got the pen off for us. Ho- remember Highland fucked up? Yeah, yeah. So our starting 11 was Highland, Cornwall, McCabe, <laughs> Mide, Killian Brennan, Gary Shaw, uh, Gavin Brennan. Craig, Madden, Clark, and Heaney. Yeah. So Clark is the only survivor from the 11, although Sean Boyd did come off the bench in that one, so two survivors. So when we play the second leg afterwards, Brazil will have been in charge of nine European games, overtaking John Giles. Ooh. So he's only been behind Michael O'Neill on 16 and Liam Toohey on 12. And last stacker. That city. That's that, believe it or not. Today, as of today, as of right now. Okay. Stephen Bradley has officially been in charge of Shamrock Growers longer than Michael O'Neill. Oh, wow. 1,096 days. I think that was one of the quiz questions. He became caretaker manager on the 6th of July 2016. So he's going to become the first manager to go more than three years since Ray Tracy. 
from 1992 to 1996. Wow, what a stat. So the longest reign of manager since Sir Tracy. Yep. Oh my God. Take that one out of the bag, Prof. Hold it up. You can just imagine me dropping a mic. <laughs> Finish. It's just done. So, um, yeah, that is the stats from the Prof. Next up, we are going to go for starting 11s and predictions. Okay, so starting 11s and predictions, right, Prof? I'm going to go with Manus and Go. I'm going to go uh, Trev on the left, Joey on the right, Peacock and Grace in the middle, Bulger in front of the back four with Jacko and Finner in the midfield, Kavanaugh on the left, right hand side ish, uh, or on the right hand side of the cloud. Um, I'm going to go Cummins up top, and then on the right hand side of the cloud. I'm going to go Watsy because we don't exactly play winger so it's, it's going to be like the midfield cloud you could say so the team, same team basically yeah pretty much so you're going to go the same yeah the only decision I suppose was uh, Green or Cummins and uh, yeah I'm going to go Cummins again yeah, I'll go with Cummins we see what happens um, Green on the bench to come off possibly score a header from 6 feet out um, I so, think uh, <laughs> I think Jack Byrne could potentially play a stormer in this game. Jack Bourne has the talent and the ability to run the show here. Just just his ball retention. You can't get the ball off. Europe, The European Sage could sue him down to the ground. Yeah, I mean, he, he excelled in Europe, or in, in Holland, so um, I, I'm, I'm guessing. I, mean, I, hope, I hope he does. I hope he does run the show here. So, so what you're saying is start booking Cyprus now. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, Napa. Oh, yeah, Napa, here we come. So, McPhail travelled over to watch them. And he got his, uh, he, 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 he did a bit of analysis on them. And then we have Farouj injured and he's hoping to make the return leg. Really excited about him and the hoops. Uh, kick off his local time, 7pm. So tickets can be got at the ground on the day. And you can get them online now at the moment as well. The home leg won't be 30 euro like Dundalk. So we are not ripping off our own fans. 30 euro. So Air Sport are showing both legs, prof. Air Sport, please go away. And never come back. They are hammering us. We, we just don't win when we're on here sport. To be fair enough, they do great stuff for the league, but my God, we're brutal when it comes to them. I do love that week before Europe, Dugger. Especially the last game before Europe. And every time you run into someone, you ask each other the same question. You're heading over. Are you heading over? Of course I am. Um, Personally, my... Uh, we're, we're 20-something games into the season. My personal favourite game of the season so far has been... Connor Foley in a battle with a Revolute card. Yeah, you he, he, see, he didn't he didn't use it since Stockholm, so he just added money onto it, which is a fucking disaster. <laughs> and now it's going back and forth. I think they took his money. I think you know he got it back. He said it to me yesterday he got it back. So it was the Connor versus Revolute. This was epic. Ah oh, man, he's, he's he just doesn't listen. He actually doesn't yeah. listen to a voice <laughs> ever. It's like Connor, massive big cliff there, right? Don't jump off it. I'll jump off I see how I get on no don't jump off the cliff he, he's just a disaster at times but he's a good lad and did uh, you also notice he's in the whatsapp group he sent us a four minute audio clip of him sleeping <laughs> I think he fell asleep on the phone <laughs> nose down that um, actually happened yeah so you can only imagine what goes on so uh, yeah next up we have a a handy tr- travel guide for uh, Bergen. So me and the prof, we're going to read out some translations. 
So I'm going to read out the English and you're going to read out the Norwegian translation. Yeah. So let's begin. First one. Shut up, you, you tick. Look, dig, dig, tick. Where's the awful pal? Havor viden of Lysenpalen. Tales from the East End. Fortelinger fra Ostavitet. He's offside, you pox. Han er offside, dig pox. What's the story? Hva er historien? You need to take the mortgage out for a gargle over here. Du ta ut et boliglalen for den gargle. That was Shane Osiris, I swear. Det bar Shane's rump, kegsflirger. So that's our translations, and then we're going to have a, we have a couple of little facts as well. So Norwegian facts, we have the Nobel Peace Prize. It's handed out in Norway, I bet you didn't know that one, prof. There's a village in Trondheim called Hell. I think the Rovers fans have fit in well there. Skiing was invented in Norway. And we have no- Norway's all-time top goalscorer is Jürgen Juve with 33 goals and 45 appearances. He played for Lynn and Baal. And their all-time appearances is Jan Arnerise with 110 caps. That was a quiz question. That was a quiz question. We have famous Norwegians include Rodal, famous writer. We have Christopher Hivju, who was Tormund Jointsbane in Game of Thrones, prof. That's a good one. Yeah. And Joni Mitchell, Macaulay Culkin and Russell Crowe all have Norwegian blood. And we have some more facts about Bergen now. It gets 231 days of rain a year. And it was once the leper capital of Europe. The leper capital mm. of Europe. But I checked the forecast and it's looking like 19 degrees on the Wednesday. So you might not need to bring the Mac. Do you know what they say over there? What do they say? They say, it? we're not from Norway. We're from Bergen. Oh, so they're, they're, they're similar to Cork, you could say. We have the population is 420,000. And the natives are known as Bergensers. The local beer is called Hamza. And uh, here comes the important part, guys. The alcohol rules are strict and prices are high. Beer and cider, up to 4.7% is sold in grocery stores. Anything stronger is available in the Vin Monopolet. That's the awful. And it closes at 6pm on a weekday. A weekday, so remember that. The awful closes at 6pm. And public drinking is forbidden. So that is your uh, bit of info on Norway. And that is it from this week. Bumper show for you guys travelling to Norway to keep you occupied in between points at the airport. So, um... We will see you guys at possibly 5pm on the Wednesday in the Brian Baru Puff. That is when we will land. The Bran Baru. The Bran Baru. So uh, that is it for this week and see you in Bergen. Keep on hooping. See you. I guess you wonder where I've been. Just to find the love within I came back to let you know Got a thing for you And I can't let go My friends wonder what is wrong with me Well I'm in a daze From your love you see
Sabur 